All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Just after 3 o'clock, it's Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We're going to get back in the game, uh, two games tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow, eight NHL games for you. We've got a lot of NBA. If you're interested in prop bets galore at PlayAlberta.ca, if you haven't tried it, use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and you'll get uh, your free $50 wager. Coming up, uh, we'll talk a little uh, Penguins. Uh, we, we are going to get in a little uh, scouting report on Aiden Hill. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, Cam Talbot, uh, who the orders will uh, likely face on Saturday, uh, into, uh, Anaheim on Friday, which potentially could be a, a record breaking evening for the Empteneurs. If they win tomorrow, they will tie the 1993 Pittsburgh Penguins for 17 consecutive wins and then have a chance to break the record against the Ducks. Good times, man. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. You, you know what? You you want a record? Why not? And I, I love I I love the honesty of Rick talking. I don't want him to be our record. Of course not. Wait, hey, you, you hold a record is pretty unique. It's a hard record to get. Let's make no mistake about it. So you're the Edmonton Orders. I can appreciate they haven't talked about it a lot. But again, winning the streak doesn't mean you're going to win the cup. Doesn't mean you'll lose the cup. Just like losing the streak doesn't guarantee, oh God, you know what? The order's lost in Vegas. That means they're going to really regroup and that game's going to be the difference in why they win the cup. Of course not. So both can happen. Orders can, could win the cup and have a streak. They could win the cup and not have the streak. They could win the streak, lose the cup, lose the streak, lose the cup, right? There's no connection between what they do this week. And uh, what's going to happen in uh, in April and May and June when we don't know who's healthy? We don't know who they're playing. They're they're playing three different teams in five days. 
That never happens in the playoffs. You play the same team three times in five days. It's very, very different. Uh, we welcome in gentlemen who is uh, fresh off uh, some uh, all-star appearances. Uh, two-time uh, author. Of course, uh, stars in uh, Shorzy, uh, uh came uh, out of retirement for 21 uh, years uh, last month to uh, to play in the uh, ECHL. Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how you doing? I'm recovering. I'm doing all right. It's a nice day. <laughs> it's a, it was a, it was an awesome weekend. I tell you that it was really busy and rather chaotic, but it was. Uh, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I took my dad. He had a great time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bet you that would be uh, that would be awesome. We'll get you to uh, mute your mic because it's coming through. Uh, I can hear myself on your computer, so we'll get you to uh, to mute that just so we don't hear me twice because I don't like the sound of my voice that much. And um, I think we're uh, we're good to go now. But the uh, the All Star festivities, I will say, I thought, you know what, for for an All Star event, I- I'm not sure, you know. Maybe people, I don't, now I'll say this up front. I don't really care about the pace of the game. I don't expect it to be intense, but the weekend itself, uh, especially the skills competition, like the guys were trying hard, you know, maybe Kucherov, not as much, but everybody else, like as somebody who was there, how, how do you think it came off? Yeah, it's, it, it, it was as expected, but it was more of a vibe. The, 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 the skills, Skills competition and the game, first of all, I didn't even go to. So I, I went up to the All Star Weekend. I, I didn't go. I didn't walk into the Scotia Bank Arena first or last. So that's that. Um, but I watched on the big screen. We were we were torn around. There was fans. I mean, I saw it all. I just wasn't in the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, real sports and uh, rec room downtown. I mean, we went to a lot of the events. Steve Dangle was hosting something. Chris Johnson, Stephen Brunt was there. We kind of the Chicklets had something. So, the, the it, it was the vibe. It's like I've said before, you know, the game, the game is one thing, and all kinds of old school. Um, is is this all right? Can, is my mic too? Yeah, yeah. Too go much? ahead. I can hear it. Is it? Yeah. Hello? No, you're yeah, good. You're good. It's okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's uh, the the the, the on ice stuff is is a real small portion of it that and I'm trying to be honest there I know you're there to celebrate that but exactly it's a celebration so it was the vibe it was the uh it was a lot of of kids outside of the arena that were just pumped to be there you know with different jerseys on and you could tell how many and I'll also retract remember how I I think we might have talked about maybe I I couldn't understand why they didn't just have the all-stars you said it's the very good game not the all-star game now that I was there, I realized that like there was every t- like there was kids there with jerseys on from every team. Some of those players that wouldn't have been represented, you know, the, the kids are there, like you know, the Seattle or Chicago fans. So like now I kind of get it. I mean, I, you'd think you could anyway, the, but I couldn't really see the forest through the through the trees till I got there. You'd figure it'd be all Toronto and be all Toronto centric, but it, it it wasn't. It was a celebration of hockey. Um, all around, like each team had, each team's mascot was there, and then outside there was all kinds of activities, and it was really almost uh, like not not even just NHL. You know, there was young girls there with PWHL jerseys on. There were all kinds of European fans. It was a vibe. Uh, it's it's unlike I've, I was at the All Star Game weekend a couple of years ago in Vegas. And this was different, and that Vegas was definitely a party. And like I thought to myself, like man, there'll be never anything like this. This All Star Game could never be matched. But this was different. This was Thursday, right till yesterday when I got on the plane. It was like people everywhere. 
Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I got to see it a lot. My, my, I'm going around with my dad, so all the Chicklets fans were cornering him. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Shorzy fans, Montreal fans. So, you know, we, we were kind of in on the vibe wherever we went. But it really was a celebration as far as the competition itself. You know, I know they tried to work to make it better, and I thought it was. I thought the All-Star, the skills competition was awesome. The players, again, in the game weren't trying their hardest. But at the end, for it to be in Toronto and for Toronto players to be successful... And, you know, you still, they still showed their skills a bit. I mean, I you know, I kind of get it from a point of view. You don't want to get injured. And, you know, it is a break. I mean, if I was out there, I, I, I know that I would actually try. I don't know about hitting people, fighting people or anything. But, I mean, I would try. I, I would, but, and, and so whatever. Some people were. Some people were. I thought Kucherov's move was a, was a slap in the face. But other than that, you know, the people that are paid to just to go see the, you know, arguably the, you know, be careful on Edmonton Radio. I do think Connor McDavid's the best, but this guy is is leading the scoring right now. So, you know, for that reason, there was and there was people there to see him, and I was sitting in the, in the bar with a bunch of fans from Tampa Bay that had their like uh, they had their mock rings and everything. They had their real jerseys. A couple of them had their face painted. Like these people were, and, and they were upset. So I'm like, if these people here are upset, then you know maybe rethink that. I, I mean. I won't hold it against the guy personally or anything, but I, I just thought that was a bit of a bad optic. Yeah, I wonder if he was, you know, he didn't do well in his first event, and so then he decided to play it up a little bit and, and be the heel. You know, Toronto fans, obviously they dislike Tampa Bay, and so it added a little atmosphere. He's getting booed in the skills competition. I didn't, uh, I don't recall that happening uh, beforehand. But, uh, you know, now now it's over. There was some, a lot of other storylines. The LA Kings made the, uh, the made the move, of course, but there was the two trades. Sean Monaghan going to uh, Winnipeg, and uh, Elias Lindholm is now a member of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, both are likely to be a second-line centers on their new respective teams. Which trade do you do you like the trade more? And I know they're totally totally two different trades, but do you like uh, the Lindholm trade more for for Vancouver? Or the uh, the Monahan trade more for Winnipeg, or the, do you like them equal? Yeah, uh, God, I never thought about that. That is a good question. Well, I think Lindholm's a better player, but. I really, I, I always liked Monaghan. I know he's had some injury trouble. He seems pretty positive. He seems happy. He's having a pretty good year. And Winnipeg, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I'm kind of uh, searching for answers when the obvious answer for me, to me personally, is that I, I, I think they're equal. I, I think they're both going to really help. It's something that each team needed. And both teams, for me, the Vancouver and Winnipeg, outside of being Canadian, are two teams that I really didn't give a shot to this year. Like, I didn't really even think they'd make the playoffs. So the fact they're where they are is one thing. And to add those players only gives them more depth going in. And, uh, yeah, I hate to say equal and stay on a fence, but that's really where I am with it. You know, that's you fair. Know. I look at, um, at, uh, at both trades and I look at Lindholm. Clearly, they want some top six help in Vancouver. They got like you know they got their top four guys that are really rolling, and you know their depth guys are definitely helping out for sure. Uh, Winnipeg was Shifley a little bit banged up. I I think Winnipeg like right now today Winnipeg is 18th in goals amongst forwards in the NHL. Like they're winning with great team defense. And, and and that's great, but only to a point. Eventually, you're still going to have to win some game. You, you, like look at Vegas last year; they won games in the playoffs. One nothing, two to one, and then they could beat you six five if needed, right? Like you're still gonna have to have 
um, guys who can, who can, uh, you know, score a little bit in, in Winnipeg. And so that's, that's what I think Monahan's going to bring to them. He's having a good season. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the 30 goal guy. He was basically as, as guaranteed like in Calgary, but he'll probably get even a little bit more opportunity in Winnipeg. And I think he's going to play with a few more skilled guys in Winnipeg that he played with in Montreal this year. So uh, I think he'll have even better chance. So I kind of like that trade for Winnipeg in the sense that they needed somebody to give him an offensive jolt more than necessarily Vancouver, Vancouver, they needed that guy, but he's kind of good. He can come in there and be their fifth or sixth leading scorer, and they're pretty happy, right? Winnipeg, they just they need someone to kind of help get that second line more productive consistently. Yeah, exactly. I like what you said earlier, though, about the regular season and the playoffs, right? Because in the playoffs, you're playing one team. You're never going to go so, you know, I think the Oilers got three, four games coming up, all different teams. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. So you, right now you can focus. These guys can get ready for their teams, and they've both had a lot of success in their careers. The, the Monaghan one, I didn't realize Edmonton or, or Winnipeg were 18th in, in, in goals four. Is that what you said, 18th? Uh, amongst uh, forwards. Amongst the forwards, like goals by your forwards, they're 18th. Okay. Well, well in that case... Um, yeah, I really, really do think Monaghan. I think Monaghan has, has more to give. I think he's had that for a few years. Uh, for, for one reason or another, he's hit some, some roadblocks and some hiccups. But he's all, and, and he's still young enough. I really like it for both of them, Jason. And I think for, you know, it makes for a really, really interesting Western uh, face of Western Canadian hockey going into the playoffs, right? I mean, I still stick by it. I'm not just saying it because I'm on Edmonton radio. I picked the Oilers at the beginning of the year. I'm on record saying that. I mean, a lot of people did, but you know, did you see these teams being that good? I certainly didn't. And I and you know, with recent dips by LA and before uh, and Vegas, you know, I mean, I think they're going to give Edmonton a real run. I really do. I still put the Oilers up there, but you know, these teams were all right. Well, better than all right. These teams were leading the league at one point during the year, both of them, and no one expected that. And they just added two top-tier players that aren't just depth, but they're going to bolster their depth. So I, uh, if nothing else, I don't think I'm being too bold in saying this could be the year. I'm certainly going to bet on it that Canada wins the Stanley Cup. Ooh, interesting. Uh, 320, uh, when we come back, uh, Seth Robaugh will join us. The uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, they're, they're, they're stuck in an area that no team wants to be in. They're not bad enough to really rebuild, but right now they're probably not good enough to be a cup contender. And they got a, a pending UFA who could get them uh, some decent pieces, but they also don't have their first round pick this year. Do they want to get in the playoffs just to... Give yourself a chance once you're in. Ask Florida. Ask other teams. You never know. So uh, we'll find out next. Go to Pittsburgh on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 3.26. Welcome back. Jason Gregor Show. Hope you're having an awesome day. 833-401-1440 is the text line. I want to get to this one, then we'll get to uh, Seth in a second. Hey, Gregor, my stepdad uh, used to get crippling spells of vertigo when he couldn't leave the bed or open his eyes for a few days. After hearing your ads for Leading Edge, I convinced him to book an appointment. He came uh, all the way from Peace River. He went in with nothing to lose, thinking he was going to have to live with his condition forever. Well, after a couple sessions in the chair, it's completely changed his life. Instant relief. He's forever grateful to have access to such unbelievable technology in the staff at Leading Edge from Paul. Well, there you go, Paul. I love it. That chair is amazing. The fact that uh, what Grant was doing the interview uh, right in front of it is kind of cool. So yeah, anybody out there who's uh, you know if if you have you know you've tried lots of things with Vertigo, go to Leading Edge. They uh, it can really help it out. So 
check it out. Uh, now they have a new one in uh, Leduc, of course. Spruce Grove, uh, Edmonton, all over the place. And uh, Grant and the staff, they're always up for the new technology that's going to help you just live a normal life, which is uh, which is fantastic. Uh, now, let's uh, go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's. And, oh, it's back. But only for a limited time. The McRib is here. Ten long years since being on the menu, but uh, you can get it. Check it out right now. The uh, juicy, boneless uh, pork patty dipped in tangy barbecue sauce. The McRib right now at McDonald's. And uh, hey, I can tell you right now that um, uh, Penguins fans would love to go back 10 years from now and be like, hey, man, our team is legit. We're at the top. We're going to be competitive. It's going to be great. But hey, they got three. They got three Stanley Cups um, since 2009. So it's hard to, to really feel that sorry about them. But it definitely seems like, you know, the, the best is behind them. And how are they going to stave it off? Do they just rip off the Band-Aid now? Do they move a Jake Gensel? And is this the start of a potential rebuild in Pittsburgh, which sounds crazy when you still have Latang and Crosby and everybody else, but you wonder what is going to happen. And the gentleman who uh, follows this on a daily basis uh, might have a better answer for us. Uh, Seth uh, Rohrbaugh joins us, uh, Penguins' uh, longtime uh, beat reporter. And Seth, it's it's an interesting situation. Uh, all the the teams that are dominant, eventually Detroit went through it, Chicago's going through it, uh, L.A. did it for a short period of time, but e- eventually it seems to happen. Uh, the Penguins did miss the playoffs last year. Uh, they're in a battle right now. Uh, they definitely could make the playoffs, but... Like, is Dubas going to wait till the final hour, or do you think they have a plan regardless of what unfolds here in the next three weeks? Uh, they might have a couple plans. Um, I mean, they have five weeks here before the trade deadline. As we speak right now, they're only five points out of third place in the Metro division for the third place there. Um, they're actually closer to third place in the Metro than they are for the last wild card spot. So, And the Metro's uh, just about every team other than, say, maybe Carolina and the Metro's kind of had some some issues here as of late. So, uh, the Penguins aren't necessarily alone in terms of maybe uh, you know treading water here, but um, yeah, I, I think Kyle Dubas is more than resigned to give this group a, a chance to kind of prove itself uh, going into the trade deadline. I, I don't think that uh, um, he feels any pressure or need to make a move right now to 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 improve or augment this team in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think he's willing to give them. Uh, uh, you know, due diligence. You know, do his due diligence and allow them uh, their opportunity to succeed or fail here over the next uh, uh, five weeks in terms of determining a direction that they take. When you look at at a guy like Gensel, and we saw first rounders for Lindholm and Monahan, so I think a first rounder would be number one. But you know, like, how how much more of a return are we talking? A first round pick and a high prospect. You know, do you think he has that much value? He's twenty nine. You know, he's a UFA. I don't even know what what his number is going to be in free agency, but I'm but I'm guessing it's going to start with at least an eight. I would think maybe even nine. Yeah, uh, as far as a potential return, I mean, I, I think the conversation starts with a, a first-round pick and maybe an NHL-ready prospect who's, um, if he's a forward, he's a he's, he has to be like say like a top six forward. Um, uh, but you, I mean, you look at like as you mentioned the trade for uh, Elias Lindholm there. I mean, that uh, there, there were a few more components involved there, so I would imagine uh, the Penguins would probably uh, be cognizant of that. Maybe ask for a little bit more than uh, just a, a prospect and a draft pick and whatnot. So. Um, as far as the financial concerns are, go- I, I think if Jake Gensel were to resign with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think he'd be willing to take a bit of a haircut, knowing that guys like Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang have all kind of, you know, uh, maybe taking below market value to stay here. So 
but if he goes to open market and he's a free agent, he's going to go to the highest bidder. I mean, I think it starts at eight million. I mean, you maybe look at say a William Nylander in Toronto, what was eleven million, I believe, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue Jake's in that category of, uh, in terms of being an impactful player. He's been a multi-time forty goal scorer. He's been a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, been a very was a very important part of that twenty seventeen Stanley Cup uh, championship. He's it's, couple, you know, rookie goal scoring records and things like that during that one run that one year. Um, probably would have had a few more uh, um, 40 goal seasons if injuries hadn't kind of cropped in. But um, and he's, uh, you know, he's still on the right side of 30 here. So, um, again, I think it depends on uh, just what direction the Penguins all take here for all those things. But uh, just in terms of a dollar amount, I think Jake Gensel would be at the very least flirting with, say, 10 million a year fairly. Wow. It's, now, when, when you look at this team, what has been, you know, like the biggest issue for them this year? Because on paper, you'd look at their talent and think they should be better, but they're not. Why? Um, I would say the biggest issue. I mean, there's a lot of little issues that have all can kind of contributed to their underwhelming performance so far. But I would say the biggest issue has just been their power play. Um, they're, I, I think, as of right now, 31st in the in the league out of 32 teams. And this is a group that has Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson, uh, guys like Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel, others. Um, they shouldn't be this bad. They shouldn't even be average. They should be at least a top 10 power play. If this power play is even average, they're right now in a in a in a um, in a playoff seating at this moment. Uh, but it's just been a just a cataclysmic you know, series of errors for whatever reason uh, that's led to their power play being just so, so awful. I mean, it's not even that it's just not scoring. I mean, often nights it just, it just sucks the life out of them. I mean, they're, they're having struggles with five, one, three, you know, five on threes and um, you know, you know, you know, long extended power plays that go beyond two minutes. Uh, um, they're having trouble even putting, you know, pucks on net, things like that. So um, if their power play, if they can get any, gain any traction, just be average they probably very much solidified their case for being a playoff team. But uh, to this point, it's just been a, just a massive failing. Seth Rohrbaugh joins us uh, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's been a massive failing. I, like the power play struggles to me are mind blowing. I, I don't, I, I don't really get it. Right. And I know people, wow, it's Eric Carlson. I'm like, come on. Like if, if you put Carlson and Chris Letang, it, it can't be that monumental difference from one player to the next. So it would be this bad. Like I could see if it maybe went from fifth to 14th, Right, I, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a of you know chemistry that's lacking, but to, to be this bad and and really they they had I think like a three week stretch it was pretty good, but other than that it it still hovered around bad. Seth, like when you watch their power play, like the games I've watched, at times it looks like there's just a lot of uncertainty. It's almost like, well, no, you take the shot, no, you take like they there's no one who's really grabbing hold of the power play, which is odd because they should have a lot of alpha male attitudes on their team. Yeah, I, I was curious about that whenever Eric Carlson came on board in August. Uh, I mean, I talked to Mark Mathod, his former defensive partner in Ottawa, and he, he said Eric, when he was there in Ottawa, was very much the alpha male on that team. Uh, wasn't afraid to ruffle some feathers. And more or less, you know, more often than not, he was the best player on that team as well in San Jose. So um, he could maybe, you know, be in a commanding position like that. Uh, whereas Pittsburgh, I mean, you have a hierarchy that's well-established with Sidney Crosby, you know, Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin. And I, I'm not necessarily sure Eric's been nearly as bold in terms of uh, just imposing his thoughts on things. Uh, uh, that's not to say he's uh, a wallflower or shrinking violet or anything like since he's joined Pittsburgh. But I just don't know that he's necessarily uh, um, been as free, I guess, to, to offer his thoughts on, on that in 
on the power play compared to maybe other situations for him. So, okay. um, but yeah, there's to, to your original point there. I mean, there's, it just doesn't seem like a very certain approach uh, for the guys on the ice. I mean, they draw on it every day. They, they work, you know, everything from entries to, you know, rotation to, 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 you know, passing drills and everything like that in practice. And, you know, Todd Reardon, the associate coach here who's, uh, been here in a previous stint and had a lot of success when Crosby, Malkin, and Latang were much younger in their careers. Um, he knows what he's doing. It's just for whatever reason, it just hasn't translated to, to much traction whatsoever for this group. As of now, they're sort of trying to break it up into two different groups. It's interesting to note uh, Crosby right now is kind of on the first group with Gensel, Brian Rust, uh, Riley Smith, and Chris Latang. And they moved the beginning Malkin and Eric Carlson to a second group along with guys like Jeff Carter, Lars Eller, uh, Eric, and um, uh, another player I'm missing off the top of my head here, but um, they're trying anything. They're not, they're, they're flipping over any rock here to find any kind of solution here, even going so far as to break up a couple of their you know, franchise players here. Let's say the Penguins get on a roll, their power play wakes up. Would they add at the deadline? Could you see a situation where they're adding? Um, they could, I think they'd be very much interested. I mean, that, that would be standard operating procedure here in Pittsburgh as it has been for 15 years. The only component to that or obstacle to that would be, um, cap space. They would have to clear some significant salary, uh, to, to move people off, uh, off the roster to add anyone significant. So, um, I think as of right now, uh, you know, before they signed Jesse Pugliarvi, I think they were like 46 grand of salary cap space. So, um, and they have someone coming off LTIR maybe. So, I mean, they, they would need to clear significant salary cap space if they wanted to add anyone of significance. Um, they probably could stand to add maybe another, uh, you know, top six uh, winger. You know, Riley Smith's been underwhelming here at times. Um, certainly you always can maybe add a you know, bottom six player, you know, maybe some depth on your you know bottom defensive pairings, things like that. But um, if salary cap space wasn't an issue, I think they definitely would add, add a, a player of significance, uh, uh, assuming they are in a playoffs position. Yes, Paul Yarvi signs a two-year deal, uh, 800, uh, 800K AAV for the Penguins. Uh, they signed him after his hip surgery, went down to the minor leagues and, and played quite well, and they just wanted to see kind of how he would hold up. Uh, where do you envision him fitting in the lineup for the Penguins when he first gets gets in? Well, based on what they've done the pra- in practice the past two days, he's going to probably start on their third line, playing the right wing with uh, two other former first-round picks, Lars Eller uh, and R- Ricard Raquel. So. Um, I, I don't know how many of the third lines in the league have three first rounders on it, but yeah. and that's a pretty talented group. Um, you know, and, and yes, Jesse Pulley as you guys in Edmonton know, big body is, you know, knows how to use it. Maybe not the most, certainly not the most physical guy in the, in the world, but, um, can they can, you know, bully his way around a little bit here and there? At least that's what he showed in the American league with Wilkes Barre Scranton. So, um, and they've had problems with their bottom six for much of the season. So I think, you know, Jesse Pugliarvi and nothing else gives them a, a pretty good option to turn to or a viable option to turn to in terms of maybe getting a little bit more out of their bottom six. So, um, you know, to start things off, I think they're going to maybe, you know, see what he can do there. I mean, he's a right winger, and that's the one position the Penguins are pretty well solid in in terms of right wing. So, yeah. I mean, they have Ricard Raquel there. They have Brian Russ there, you know, perennial 20-goal scorer. So, um, it's not necessarily an area of need in terms of their top six, but I think they want to at least at the very least just start him off maybe a little bit slowly, put him on the third line. And again, like you say, he's, like I said earlier, he's playing with uh, two pretty accomplished players there, Lars Eller and uh, Ricard Raquel. Seth, we appreciate the uh, update. It's going to be uh, fascinating to watch uh, Jake Gensel because if indeed he gets on the market, uh, he will be a rather sought after player for a lot of teams. So could be an interesting uh, return. And I wonder would that kickstart the beginning of a rebuild in Pittsburgh? Like if they move Gensel, is, is that, is that the sign that, okay, 
uh, we're going? Or is it simply a sign, well, we don't think we can afford them at $10 million, but uh, we're not ready to put up the white flag for next year? It's probably a retooling and not a rebuild. Okay. Uh, frankly, a, a rebuild does not start in Pittsburgh unless, you know, Sidney Crosby is no longer part of the roster. Okay. I've, you know, we've seen a lot of rebuilds here in Pittsburgh and they, they've resulted in getting Mary Lemieux and Sidney Crosby. The Penguins wouldn't do with that again unless Sidney Crosby is no longer part of the roster. Great stuff, Seth. Appreciate your time. Take care, Jason. Seth uh, Rohrbar joining us from Pittsburgh. And hey, good luck to uh, Yessi Pugliarvi. It was, it was almost a year ago on the weekend uh, when I sat beside Yessi on a flight home. Uh, I was in Arizona last year at the uh, around the All-Star break. And just by fluke, we ended up on the flight home. And I had a lot, a long conversation just about many things. You know, his um, girlfriend had broken up with him and stuff like that. But more so just, you know, where he was at mentally and wanting to get healthier and uh, and feeling better. And he, uh, you know, fast forward now. And I guess I was, you know, he had the hip surgery since. And, you know, obviously things in, in Carolina. But that was more based probably on the on the surgery. He didn't mention, you know, he said it was, his hips still weren't good at the time. But obviously he didn't know that they were that bad. And, you know, and if he's healthy, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's a bottom six player. And uh, in Pittsburgh, big body. Could he, uh, could he moonlight? Could he be a complimentary top six guy there? Maybe. Cause when he's on, he can skate and he's a big body. Right? He's not, you know, he's not the best shooter. He's not a great puck handler, but you play with Crosby and Malkin. You don't necessarily have to be that guy. You don't have to have him transporting the puck. It's not his forte. So, but, uh, you know, wish him well and see what happens in Pittsburgh. I'll say this. Like they're looking for any spark from their bottom six, any spark and, you know, maybe gets it in. That's interesting. Uh, former three former first rounders all on the uh, on the first line on the third line in Pittsburgh. Quick break. Uh, Tr will uh, rejoin us next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through Monday afternoon on Sports uh, fourteen forty, Oilers Nation uh, YouTube and Facebook. Lots of text flying in eight three three four zero one. 1440. The uh, Oilers uh, are now about an hour and a half into their uh, flight. Their flight left around uh, 2 o'clock today. We'll be into Vegas to take on the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow. Uh, NHL uh, does return to action. Uh, two games tonight, including the uh, the Rangers and the Avalanche, the Islanders and the Maple Leafs, and then, of course, uh, Oilers. So if they win tomorrow, they will tie the NHL record at 17 consecutive wins. Then they would have two days off before they go into Anaheim on Friday night. Where, God, if they win tonight, I'd be stunned if uh, they lose in Anaheim. Can't say it's impossible because uh, we saw what happened earlier this season with the uh, San Jose Sharks. Of course, the orders weren't uh, winners of uh, 17 in a row at that point. But uh, it makes it for exciting time, TR. We come out of the all-star break and you've got, uh, you know, like, hey, the, the other, not only just the uh, the streak, but home, uh, home ice advantage in the Pacific division is massive. We all know that you get to game seven, you want to be on home ice and the uh, orders win tomorrow. They're three back of Vegas with five games in hand, right? Like they put himself in a pretty decent spot to, to at least maybe finish second in the Pacific. Yeah. Now there you go. You're speaking my language. The home ice means more to me. Um, and I, it's nice that it's a wreck. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But let's say, I don't know, three weeks from now, they're 24 and three in their last 27, right? Why does it matter if 17 came in a row? I mean, it's, I know it's all good. I've talked about this before, but that's in my own personal life, too. If I was to look back, I'm sure in the Tri-City Americans, and there it's only been so long, it's only been so many guys to score a lot, I'm sure I might have seven Tuesdays in a row with an assist in the second period. I don't care. What I care about is what happened that Yeah, but that's uh, not that a record. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that I probably do have a, a shorthanded goal record. or so. I think I do have something back there. I was trying to be modest about it. If you want to know, yes, I hold lots of records in Tri-Cities. Red Deer, I have uh, three rounds, 18 goals in the playoffs. I think that, that either is or close to a WHL record. Now, I don't know. Is there a streak in there somewhere? Maybe. I'm trying to put down what they're doing. It just doesn't hold a lot of weight to me. Home, home ice, that's something. That's tangible. Okay, we got home ice. You know, I just don't remember the streaks like I do the importance of placement and I guess the importance of playoffs in general. Now, uh, going back to the uh, to the All-Star game, because, of course, I know you're, you're hosting a few different events uh, over the uh, the weekend. There's there's lots of NHL alumni uh, around and, you know, you were with Shorzy or you're hosting a, a few different uh, events. Was there was there one interact? Did you get to meet somebody that you'd always wanted to meet? It, I, I, it was more um, meeting people that I already come across. That's another great question because there was so many people there. There was so many. I saw Sean Thornton for the first time in a while. He was my line mate in St. John's. I saw him briefly for a meal in the afternoon in Nashville a, a few years ago, but that was it. So this was the first time I'd, and it was the first time my dad had seen him. He used to hang out in our basement, come in on uh, days off and have a beer. My mom would make him a meal or whatever. We were good buddies and we still are buddies. We just hadn't seen each other in a while. Um, Doug Gilmore was pretty cool. We we were invited to this party, and it was at Nubis, and it, that's a clothing store on Queen West there next to the Horseshoe Tavern. It, it almost felt like we were in the wrong place, but we got in, and there was a party going on, and Doug Gil, Gilmore showed up, and my father had played with, with uh, Killer's brother Dave in, in Hamilton. They played at least a year, I think maybe two together. So they they were talking like they were old high school buddies. It was great. I, I, didn't, I mean, I knew that, but... 
I'd kind of forgotten it. So we spent a lot of time with Doug Gilmore. That was fun. Um, and we went to the the Chicklet show, and uh, we're part of it at the end out back. And I, I saw Todd Harvey, one of my NHL fights, and a real his parents are from Bell Island and uh, Newfoundland. And I've always admired him. We've spoken a few times, but we really got a chance to hang out at this. So it was more that. And to be honest with you, um, you know, my dad doesn't really leave that much anymore unless we go to Chicklets events. So to go to the All-Star game in Toronto, and, you know, he he played in the OHA and everything. So a few of his friends were there that don't have social media that might have been following me, maybe their kid or whatever it was, so they knew where we were going to be and when we were going to be there. So... It was a lot of his old buddies and things like that. So it, it was more, you know, coming across people and um, ideas and situations in the past. It was uh, very nostalgic. Now, looking to, we just had Pittsburgh on, and, you know, until Sidney Crosby retires, he doesn't think it'll be a rebuild. And, and that does make sense. You know, they'll try to retool it. So even if they trade Jake Gensel, they might try to go in the offseason and sign a few guys on bargain basement deals and see if they can basically band-aid their way into being a competitive team every year. So here's my question to you. Let's say we fast forward a year from now. And, uh, you know, they've just finished the, uh, the Four Nations Cup, right? There's going to be Canada, U.S., Pittsburgh, or sorry, Sweden and Finland. And, you know, I think there's probably a decent chance Sid's on that team next year. And, you know, the Penguins are out of it. Let's say they miss the playoffs this year. Then you fast forward. Now he's in the, he would be three months from being an unrestricted free agent. Do you think, now Sidney Crosby's different than Ray Bork because Ray Bork had never won a Stanley Cup at the time he got traded. Crosby's won three. You think there's any chance, or how high of it, because there's always a chance. But let's say he goes to that Nations Cup, and all of a sudden he's playing competitive hockey again. He's like, God, this is fun. Like, I'm around a winning atmosphere. You think Crosby would, would go to the Penguins, and or they'd ask, hey, do you want to get traded? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, how, how, like, Penguins fans couldn't be upset, I don't think. He's given them a lot. And I just, I look at Crosby, and I wonder, like, why wouldn't he do it? What would be the motivation not to? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm, I'm sad I missed that segment. I had some technical dif- dif- difficulties, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I was going to ask Seth a few of these questions uh, re- regarding exactly that. Now, I'm talking to you. What do you think here? Like, for me, if it's <clears> – <throat> Crosby is so good because he reaches – like, clearly he's got a lot of pride, right, personal pride. I told you when I went down to see them play at the beginning of last season he was the last out of the room he was still taping his it's one thing to work out guys were leaving he was the dead last and he was still taping his sticks like getting new curbs like the guy's always thinking about the game so if he's as if he has as much belief in himself that he can keep going and clearly he should because he's proving to us how good he is again on pace for some of the best numbers he's had in a long time and he's well into his 30s he's in his late 30s now but, you know, maybe he has that same belief in the team, no matter how bad they're doing. So maybe it would rip his heart out. For him not to think he has a chance for the playoffs, I would think they'd almost have to be out now. If there's seven games left and there's a chance that if they win all seven, they can get in, I think Sidney Crosby is programmed to think that they will. You know, or maybe not. But I question that if that's if that could be some of his motivation is that you know until we're way 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 down and way 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 out we can always win it because one of those teams he was on, one of those three cups he's got I don't know which one, uh, 
but they got into the playoffs like late. If it wasn't the last game or it was close to, and they've also been in a situation. Was it last year that them losing someone got to in Chicago. and made the final? Yeah, 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 yeah. there you right. So like, and it, it, he's kind of right. It, it, for me, you could make the playoffs and go on. I mean, Montreal Canadiens, of course you can, right? Like, so teams get in. So in his mind, I think it's just scraping into the playoffs, and then Sidney Crosby, the magic could take over. So I just don't think he's checked out on that level yet. If yeah, if they're in twenty ninth place when that happens, maybe so. But until then. I don't think he's going to even entertain the idea of it. Hmm. All right. And, uh, interesting. I, I, it's, it's fascinating to me to just kind of see, you know, where, uh, where his mindset would be at. I, I still think he, he probably wouldn't do it, but I just, you know, you get into that four nations cup and, and I know it's not the Olympics, but still it's, you know, best Canadian team, best American, Sweden, uh, Finland, those four. And, uh, they'll play, you know, it's, this, you play everybody once. Uh, in a round robin, and then the teams with the two most points uh, will go to the final. They're actually using the three-two-one uh, point system, which has a lot of people wondering if that means is this a precursor for the NHL going to a three-two-one? The reason why I don't think the NHL is ever going to go to a three-two-one TR is because I've done, we've crunched the numbers the last few years in the standings. Um, all it does is create a bigger separation between the haves and the have-nots. That's all it does. You you, you had one year where a fifty, you know, a, a team that was in seventeenth would have been would have been in the playoffs at sixteenth, right? So some would argue, see, well, it made one difference for one team. But in the overall, I would look and say. All that's going to happen is your bottom teams, those fan bases are checked out even sooner because their team's got no chance. Even though you know you have no chance, at least you can lie to your, well, geez, we're only eight points out. You know what I mean? And if, if uh, this happens and that happens and this happens and that happens, whoo, maybe we're in. So I don't know if they'll ever go to a three, two, one. I'm not sure it really separates any of the good from the, uh, like the playoff teams. All it does is make a bigger separation from the non playoff teams. And, and I just don't think the NHL wants to do that. Like, I don't see you know, what the benefit is. Do you? I don't see what the benefit is because I like what you said. Like, teams, if I'm part of a fan base, I'd rather see that there was a possibility. I don't like to see my team further and further away from the, from the better teams. It's just something in my fandom, in my brain. So that's one thing. And you, whenever you're bringing in a rule, I just always would think, like, how bad do we need this rule? Like, you know, someone had to think about that offsides rule, and I just don't. It, it just didn't seem like it was needed at the time, right? One play, did we overreact? Like, let's breathe. There's always things that can be changed. But do we need to go to 3-2-1? Or, you know, what, what I mean, I, I don't really see the necessity for it. Yeah, no, uh, I would agree uh, wholeheartedly. So, uh, Terry Ryan joins us. Um, TR, a few other things, um, you know, that, that came out of the All-Star game. There's a, a fun little subtle chirping uh, from David Pasternak and, and a few others in regard. Oh, Toronto's got a championship. People are joking. Maybe they're going to raise a banner because there's three players from the Leafs who won uh, the All-Star game. But now you turn your focus and, you know, what, what were kind of the scuttlebutts? You know, a lot of the storylines, you, you look at Toronto, especially with Montreal, with, uh, you know, all the Canadian teams, you know, Montreal and Winnipeg in a trade, Calgary and, and Vancouver involved in a in a trade. I just, I wonder how high the heat's going to be in Toronto here uh, between now and the trade deadline on their GM to make a move and improve his defense. Oh yeah. That's big word. I, I would think it's going to be high. I just mentioned earlier, you know, I, th- I mentioned Edmonton, Vancouver and Winnipeg. Canada might win this year. I mean, coming into the year, it would have been all the hopes on Toronto, right? Or, or a lot of them if you're in Toronto. So, um, 
and I do think they have a chance. I mean, they, of course, they have a chance, but they're also teetering. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of vulnerability in that lineup, and uh, it seems to me. And I mean, I wasn't just hanging out with uh, average fans, although a lot of the fans know what they're talking about. I'm not uh, minimizing what the average Toronto hockey fan has to say about the team because they're usually fairly well-educated. Well but, uh, you know, I was hanging out with Sid Sixero I saw, Stephen Brunt, uh, Steve Dangle, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, Kenny Reed. Well, actually, I spoke to him on the phone. I didn't end up seeing him. But anyway, you know, we're and, and I'm everywhere I'm going, it's like an event, so there's all kinds of Leafs fans there and representatives from the Leafs one way or the other, whether it's Curtis Joseph or Dougie Gilmore or whatever, right? So from players, media, and fans alike, there seem to be not not a healthy interest, but a panic in getting a defenseman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's. I would argue that it's two defensemen uh, that they need. Yeah. That they yeah. need in Toronto. I don't even think it's one. Uh, to be honest, I think I think it's two. And you know, I'm going to be kind of curious to see uh, who it's going to be for them for sure. Uh, when we come back, uh, Andy Petrillo will uh, join us. Some uh, some bad news on the injury front for Alfonso Davies. Uh, we'll have uh, Ryan's rant or TR's tale. Uh, whichever one. Uh, also, we got uh, Spec. Uh, Kevin Woodley is going to give us an in-depth uh, scouting report on Aiden Hill. A uh, big game for the orders tomorrow night with uh, some potential. Now, I know it's 37 games. So there's lots that can happen. But, hey, uh, you want to beat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights head-to-head if you're the Edmonton Oilers, get yourself even closer uh, to getting uh, home ice uh, in the uh, in the first round for a sec. And maybe still an outside chance you get a little bit closer to Vancouver as well. Uh, if you win that one with still lots of games in hand. So uh, a big week coming up for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we'll talk about the uh, goaltending matchups this week after Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. You know that they are the place. If you need uh, your tires changed, rotated, you need new tires, they got them all. Winter, summer, they have it. But also... Any mechanical issues on your vehicle, they can fix those as well. They've got high-level mechanics, fountaintire.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 